Hello, and your favourite political podcast, Politbabble, is back for yet another week. But this week, it's all about the impending chief minister election and who will take charge of our island as part of our Manx mini series. I'm Archibald Elliot, and as usual, I'm joined by Oliver Sykes. Yes, so now it comes the fun bit after we've had the House of Keys election where we're all thinking and kind of thinking who will run for chief minister and then if who will run, who will actually go and get in. So, yeah, that's kind of this week's episode topic. So, Oliver, what are your initial thoughts on even just the role of chief minister? Well, I believe the role includes sort of leading the government with with the programme for government and sort of... uh, electing ministers and um, sort of guiding where we'll go over the next five years and sort of being the, the lead political representative of the Alaman on a international scale as well. Um, I suppose over the past five years, the, the chief minister has been um, quite um, at the forefront of everything. We obviously had the likes of the press conferences and, and things like that. I mean, that was a completely different change. I know previous minister to to previous chief minister to howard quayle uh alan bell was chief minister and he took a a slightly different scope in the way he provided himself to the media but um yeah that's sort of i'm going off there as usual uh but that that's sort of my thoughts on the chief minister leading the government leading the 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 program and the way that we want to move over the next five years and trying to get things done with his with his ministers. It's fascinating you mentioned leading the programme for government there, because I'm sure we, we've had many discussions with many people, and we're all unsure whether the rumours that the civil service start writing the programme for government before the chief minister is elected, which is... Well, it's, it's, you know. It seems plausible the way the uh, civil service is going, but we don't know if that's actually true, and that's something which keeps on recurring almost as a theme there. Is it actually true... Uh, that the, that the civil service write the program for government before do write in let us know um, especially if you're a civil servant and you want to do some exposing we can be totally confidential I assure you <laughs> um, yes but that that is that's a fascinating part we've seen I think Isle of Man newspapers released something on their front page last week saying that they I think it was um, was it uh, Allison or Cannon um, yes. or Dewan or Chris. Uh, and then it got criticised heavily on Max Twitter, which is heavily left-wing as well, to note, um, about there <laughs> being no women on the front page uh, and no women of note mm-hmm. there, which is interesting. There have been suggestions that I think Jane Paul Wilson could run for uh, Chief Minister yes, yeah. or Daphne Kane. They're the two mm-hmm. being put forward on Max Twitter. Of course, Max Twitter is, again, remind you, not representative of the island's man's views. But it's interesting. Who do, who do you think could be could be going to run. Obviously, I think June's now elected speaker, so he's probably out of the picture. But oh, who, definitely who, who, who out of the think, picture. Who do you think will be run? run? Well, who knows? I mean, I've uh, looked over, sort of even on the lead-up to the election, they were going for months about who could be chief minister as well, and that's obviously been sort of when they've been interviewing candidates, who they might think or who they would want. Uh, and a lot of people have mentioned, you know, like you said, Jane Paul Wilson, who is an MLC, is now MHK for Middle, or Daphne Kane. Uh, but I think it's going to have to be, you know, um, a previous minister, uh, someone with experience and uh, someone who was the uh, Treasury Minister last time. It's probably going to be uh, Alfred Cannon. Um, I, I, I think so. It's more of a, I think that's what's going to happen. More of a, who would I want to be Chief Minister? I don't know. I'd have to probably say Jane Paul Wilson. I don't, I've heard a lot of candidates um, sort of 
say that she'd be a, a very very good uh, chief minister and i believe with her experience in in management and obviously previous timwald experience uh, I think she'd be good for the role, but I do equally think that Alfred is is probably the most suitable candidate as well. There's time between them, so you've got the likes of Allenson there. I mean, who knows? You know. So your your favourite would be Jane Paul Wilson. Well, uh, very close between her and Alfred Cannon. I don't know. Any particular reason for either either two? Well, I think it'd be great to have a, a woman in post, uh, but mainly because I think she'd do a tremendous job. Uh, not saying that that. Uh, a man couldn't do a tremendous job, um, but my reason for Alfred is probably his experience, um, and he's uh, a very good speaker. Um, so yeah. Well, I, I'd say I'd, I'd say I agree with you on on the case of Alfred. Uh, Jane Paulson's again a more a more than capable candidate in Absolutely. some in some regards. Although I think it is just personally, uh, in chief minister, I think it is better to have a ministerial experience to work yeah. out. Kind of going on of kind of civil service and what you what you have and, and there. Coleman as well, and even Coman having yeah. that having that level of just interest. So I think in maybe five years in the next election, you make a much uh, a much even more capable candidate in that regard. Uh, I would say personally, to me, um, gender doesn't really come into play. It's looking at the candidates, yeah. irrespective of, of their gender. And then yes, to me, that's course, like not but, necessary. Um, but obviously, so we've never had a woman. Uh, we've sorry, we've never had a woman. Uh, <laughs> you implying most of you could roll, r- run as chief minister at the same time. There, Oliver. I um, am indeed. Well, as Jeff keeps on putting out, it's co-men, stressing capitalising the men and lowercasing the co. Um, obviously, that's council of ministers, which is our equivalent to cabinet. Um, but I think Alf, Alf, Alf Cannon is definitely, I'd say the, I, I, I would say he's a, I, he's, he's, he's my, he's my bet of who will get in, or at least who I would think would make a, the best chief minister out of them. He seems to be quite, uh, reserved on the fiscal front. He seems to have quite good policy overall and quite intelligent. So I think he's, he, he'll make a good shot for, for, for the job. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously Anderson's so on running quite close by. Interestingly, on on Manx, I keep on mentioning Manx Twitter. It's becoming my new reference sources rather than uh, academic literature. Uh, but how, how, however, reputable the sources exactly. We don't but know. Uh, <laughs> a, a, he, interesting point made was that Allenson lost electorate vote. He's now mm. came second in Ramsey rather than first as he did in twenty. I don't think election, he's as confident in himself he, now. He may not be as confident, but equally, the electorate aren't as confident. Mm-hmm. Is that something saying? Maybe he's not best suited for that role of chief minister purely because he has lost some of the electoral confidence, although Alcan has again maintained his very, very strong lead. Indeed. Um, yeah. So I think that, that's something to be looked at. Although we, we did see uh, in middle, obviously, last time, uh, how Howard Quayle was still on the, uh, the back benches of Timwald. It's weird in the Manx Parliament. Those who get first place in the constituency sit on the front benches, those who got second sit on the back benches. Uh, but surely, but, but surely, if you're on the on the on the back bench, you know it's sort of like that more. You're more higher up, you know. It's like front bench. I think. Yeah. I. 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 You know. Ultimately, you can't look down on people. What, what, from, one from, in the corner, either ledge coat, but then that's not in Tim. Not not in the lower house, but one in the corner places on the top bench back would be best. Oh best yeah. Suited for view because you can see absolutely everyone. Everyone and and yeah. the people below you cannot see you at all. Exactly. They have to go like that. They have yeah. Crane their necks. It's a it's a power move, honestly. But yeah, like you um, said, yeah. Howard is placed second, and he, and obviously he was third ranked in the exit polls. Yeah, but equally um, interestingly, they did use to have 
uh, the seating didn't used to be like that. They would have the ministers all in one place in a row, centre, front, like they had in the UK. Oh, both really? Sides. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that was the case. Only over because, here? Like, yeah. Over here, yeah. Um, but they changed the seating uh, at some point. It's quite interesting. So, yeah, would you discount Hanson as a candidate, uh, as, a, as a capable candidate? In, in that well, regard? obviously, he's lost um, a considerable amount of votes compared to the 2016 general election. Um, I'd feel that, you know, clearly the, the, the public don't have as much support for him. Obviously, they, they clearly do. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's um, going to to be be able to, to be chief minister, in my point, personal point of view. I mean... A lot of the candidates have said, oh, I think it'd be great if, um, you know, no, they, they didn't say that. Sorry, I'll rephrase that. Um, they've said, you know, I want to hear the policy first before, you know, whether it's, a, you know, it's not a popularity contest. It's not how much I like them. It's not, oh, I think they'll be good at it for this, this and this. For many people, it's, you know, what are they wanting to do? Does it align with pretty much my, you know, ideas? I will vote for them or I will not, you know. See a lot of people were tied between Alfred and and, and Howard Quayle last time. Mm. I, I I can I can see your point there, but do you not think maybe one of the new newcomers who could throw a hat in the ring and shake things up with those who've had no parliamentary experience before and throw them into the job, either ministerial or or, or for our chief minister? Well, I can probably see a a, a newcomer definitely being a minister. There'll be at least one any of any, them. any particular newcomers to, to 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 politics in general. So obviously, I think Jane Wilson will be a capable minister. But we're looking at newcomers who've had no prime no Timwald experience. Yes, uh, yeah, indeed. no, no problem. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, it's a hard question. I must. It say. is a hard question. I don't know. I don't know really particularly. It depends on depends on on on, on the chief minister and who they mm. want in their club. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, so one of the MHKs, I think, has been speaking some sense. We're hearing them uh, on our early release version of uh, Agenda, because they're recording the studio behind us, was Stu Peters. He does seem... Uh, what are your thoughts on... He's been, elect- he's been elected now, and he does, been, he does seem to be keeping that consistent message of we need common sense in government. Yeah, I mean, clearly he's stated that, you know, he doesn't want to be a part of anything, basically. He just wants to be uh, a shotgun... Uh... On the sides. But if you um, think about it, being part of something, if you were to lead something, you were, you can control more policy than if yeah, you're sitting definitely. on the outside firing the shots. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, he's sort of called for, um, f- f- you know, he doesn't want to be a part of, of a department or I don't, maybe he might be on committee. You know, he might be on, so- I imagine he'll be on some sort of committees because um, mm. you can't really get away with not doing anything. Um, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll, uh, I think, I think that, the way he's coming from is is going to be is going to be a good way, uh, to, to sort of to get you know that the common sense and sort of urging that. I mean, a lot of people said he's most likely going to be that good lone voice for the one out of twenty four. You know, it's probably a good thing to have. Mm. Um, but you know, I can't see him being a part of of the government. Well, so he has he has expressly stated yeah. he doesn't he doesn't want to be. Uh, but it's it's been interesting. You had some thoughts uh, you shared on Max Twitter, my favourite go-to episode this week of your own constituency. Have you had many more thoughts on your MHK so far? Um, well, obviously, um, Michelle Haywood is uh, one of my MHKs. Um, I I don't know where she will will fit into this government. I could see her potentially going into DEFA, um, mm. or I, I I'm not sure 
where else um she's got experience of having a business herself uh obviously june's now taken up the role of, of speaker um so obviously he has got great parliamentary experience um so i'm sure that will uh benefit the chamber mm. immensely because he's had the role for the last five years indeed um and you know he's going to be probably leading you know chairing the public accounts committee again it's 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 going to be great to have him you know in the position that he's in um because he's had the experience he knows the the you know the standing orders inside and out you know he 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 knows um what he's doing um so he can sort of lift off in that point and like he said in his speech yesterday um i can you know i i'm here to to help and guide the members mm. And, and really get us started obviously a lot of new members again and and this is what a lot of um the politicians last time were saying who were potentially ministers is experience i've got the experience but we cannot go on forever with experience we need fresh blood in there and i think Dewan's gonna uh do a great job in lifting us back off where we are because he's now speaker again so that's going to be great um obviously you know he's not going to be asking questions in the house of keys mm. or being able to, to vote on, on anything in the House of Keys. But, um, you know, I'm sure he'll do lots of great uh, work outside of that, um, as he has done for the past 15 years. Mm. So so, yeah. so your predictions are overall for Chief Minister. I'm going to go with, I think, Alf, Alf Cannon, I think, might going to be my straw poll uh, bears. Where, where are you coming in? Uh, that? Alf Cannon. Alf Cannon. Oh, we, we, can't, yeah. have, we, can't, we, can't, we can't do any betting here, unfortunately, because we've, no. we've done the same candidate. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, I suppose we put into a pot and whoever wins, we get the money and whoever loses, we also get the money. So, you know, it's a win-win betting situation there. Yeah, not yeah. that we endorse betting, of course, and uh, we're not licensed under the Financial Conduct Agency for any gambling sorts of things, as you'll usually hear on uh, most podcasts who mention it. Uh, but yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting Chief Minister election. We're yet to see any candidates formally declare, but obviously we had Allenson and Alf Cannon both saying they wouldn't turn down the opportunity. Which yeah. does imply in the political terminology that they're standing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Well, it will be interesting. Any any you know, any other ways in which you'll see people fall in as ministers? I'll, I'll definitely imagine that uh David Ashford will be back in health. I can't really mm, it I said it depends who's chief minister. It, it all depends who's chief minister. Yeah. Uh, could you I, see, I, I could couldn't see, I could see, see it moving I, anywhere. I could, could see Allenson going back in. Um to somewhere, sorting in somewhere. He's he's done a good role so far. Um, maybe I wonder if he will give me be given the poison chalice of infrastructure or the Department of Incompetence. Uh, that 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 shall certainly be an interesting one. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I could see um, Laurie Hooper going into the Department for Enterprise. Mm. Claire well, Christian, maybe she know. I don't think anyone wants to take on the Department of Infrastructure overall. Obviously, unfortunately... I was to... referring to the Enterprise, oh, Enterprise back there. Oh, yes. Yeah, but Infrastructure... Mm. Um, unfortunately, uh, Tim, Tim, House, unfortunately, Tim Baker's left the uh, the joyous parliamentary scene, so we can't be seeing him take up that role uh, yeah, any time soon. Um, in, mm, Jason, I think he, he, may, he may be of interest there uh, in Infrastructure. But again, it is it is that kind of poison chalice that no one particularly wants to take uh, take up. Uh, so it, it's it's definitely a hard a hard role to play and a hard one to persuade any current sitting members to actually go into infrastructure. 
it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard one to sell. Uh, because yeah. it's not like they offer a massive pay increase becoming for becoming the member yeah. of the department everyone hates. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. I mean, ooh, I mean, you you just have to say, look, you know, I'm I'm willing to go into infrastructure. If we can get, you know, a big structural change. Oh, may, may, oh maybe the one, one of the ones who wants to retire at the end of this term will say, ah, I'll take that role with the extra pay. What a shame. What a shame. Yeah, I mean, they'll uh, get us, you know, like any other minister. The other four ministers are currently getting a six-month payout, so it's great. Well, yeah, that's because they, they stood for election again, so they yeah. should stand for election if they don't want to get in. Yeah, and then, yeah. yes, they do get a payout, indeed. Uh, indeed. So, yes, uh... Any other thoughts on Conan, Oliver? Um, who have we got that could be potentially going back in? Education. Um, education, education. As the famous words of Tony I'm Blair I'm just were. trying to think of any other MHKs. So you've got Rob Callister's definitely said he wants to get, get into the Conan. Claire Christian definitely wants a place in Conan. Um, but I'm the thing to is, think will, of, will but, they get into yeah. Conan? That's the, that's the interesting part. Yeah. Um, um, I'm trying to think of any other. Treasury. Who's going to be, you know, who's going to be the man down from from the big boss? Oh well, you know, if Alf Callan takes top spot, he might take himself as treasury minister, and it would certainly be good because he's done a good job currently. He has, the past yeah. Managing, but apart from the overspending, ex- overspending, with that was due to COVID, which was yeah, unf- fortunately unavoidable. He's managed to avoid a tax rise, which is well, and the always and, commendable, and obviously these major projects, which are just ridiculous. He's moment. managed to finance them though, which is impressive. Yeah. Uh, impressive, uh, and yeah. he did, and he had a, a, a sort of a. He was very, very good. How he had a, when he, you know, picked his two departmental members. He had a left wing and a right wing person, uh, which was mm. really good. It, it's, it shall certainly uh, be be of interest. Certainly be of interest. But we mentioned education there, and I suppose uh, it's going slightly off tangent. But no, with the Labour Party conference yesterday, with Keir Starmer going in with a big headline of education and he's saying i won't reiterate the former he's basically very praising tony blair a lot in the policy which is quite interesting because as party he's created a lot of divide and we're, mm. we're quite lucky in that regard we don't necessarily see this in manx politics because we're independent they're independents so they don't create a divide necessarily within the party I, I say that but obviously three members of the current house of keys are party members but yeah. generally we're independent politics so it's really interesting that spit there, and I'm sure we'll come into that later in our current affairs part. But yeah, it's interesting how education does seem to be something quite key, as mentioned in most jurisdictions. Yeah, it is. It, they always come come back to that, and and you see it in the manifestos this time round. As and you had that, um, you went to that meeting, didn't you? The, oh the, yes, the NHAT. Yeah, yes. they've been pushing pushing for that. You know, wanting the. Um, the, the uh, just, candidates to pledge allegiance and, just, or whatever. Oh, it's, it's like it's like the Americans pledging allegiance to the flag. You must pledge allegiance to our unions. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't have a national anthem and force everyone to stand up in schools yet. But we'll we'll, 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 we'll bear wait and see, I suppose. We'll bear wait and see. But it does move us nicely on to our current affairs for Manx politics. Indeed. So this week's uh, current affairs. Here we go. A tribunal, a tri- sorry, I can't get my words out there. A tribunal hearing told medical director dismissed into inferior role. Returning speaker's voice will be heard. 12-year-old boy questioned over hoax bomb call to school. Sorry, over hoax bomb call to school. New lieutenant governor to be sworn in. Or has been sworn Indeed. in, may I add. And Tim Wald sits to approve COVID measures. Female MHKs elected on their own merits. 
says former chief minister. More on the female MHKs there. And uh, finally, I've gone over time again. I always do that. COVID still present, clear. Uh, sorry, COVID still presents clear and present danger. I'm awful today, Archie. I do have to say. I man. know we'll, ha- we'll have Mate. to we'll have to dock your pay there, or the dockers. <laughs> <laughs> May I apologise? I'm stumbling over my own words. It must be to the fact that I've got a new, uh, I've got a wireless mouse now. Everyone, you see on the camera. You see, it's, it's, it's affecting so- the 5G chip. The vaccine implemented in yeah, him. Yeah, the scrolling's oh, yes. obviously affecting my vision. Uh, but yeah. So, um, we'll go back to the first headline, which I read, which I found very interesting this week, as we currently had um, uh, the health minister, which we saw on our way in, uh, disputing about a, a Manx Radio reporting about about a month ago about the medical director being dismissed. Mm. Now we hear um, that a tribunal hearing has been told that the, the medical director was dismissed into... Um, an inferior role and the full full tribunal is going to occur in 2022 but interestingly the departments still say that she uh dr rosalind i can't remember her last name um i want to say rosalind franklin ransom it's ransom franklin rosalind franklin she was she was a key member of 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 Uh, the uh advisory at the start of covid and that was because the public health directorate was actually away yeah but in, inter- interestingly, uh, the department still say that she's still in place in her executive role as medical director. So, Although she's been removed from her office, allegedly, says her legal team. With her and, phone taken uh, away. Yeah, yeah. which I, I think is absolutely outrageous. But and, the thing um, is, we never know really what's quite true in Ireland Van government because there's no real transparency or accountability there with what, what is happening. We don't know. I think that's quite simple to say. We don't know. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent true. Um, yeah, we don't know. So, um, yeah, who knows what they've uh, what they've been saying? Um, because we never know. It's like uh, Lettergate. Um, I, I saw someone sort of comments about, you know, here we go, um, Lettergate, and now uh, what? What else was there? No minutes taking. Oh um, yes. Oh, so, yeah. who knows? Lettergate was something quite fabulous. Really, he destroyed a letter which was. Uh, yeah, maybe not best to be destroyed. Uh, yeah, what, what, what was else that was on our news this week? Um, well, we had um, the Lieutenant Governor uh, being sworn in as well, uh, which was interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, it, it, I, I, I was driving yesterday to come into uh, come into Douglas, um, and I was trying to get out, obviously, through Castle. I was trying to go through Castletown Square, uh, and unfortunately, the road was closed, uh, so that it w- I wasn't able to get through, and I had to turn around and do a three-point turn and everything. So yeah, it was quite quite interesting. Yeah, that's quite. You seem to be feeling something of mass amusement here, Oliver. Uh, it's quite entertaining yeah. on my end because I have no idea what you're amused about. Uh, so, I'm, just, yes. I'm just also looking at a photo of the the lieutenant governor here who had a um, a massive. Uh, oh, the plume. On yeah, his I thought that yes. was that, that's quite um, ah, yes. quite quite an. Uh, and people were commenting, "Oh, what are these people in Castletown doing, wandering around with um, with with these fancy costumes on?" And uh, they're hardly costumes; they're uniforms. <laughs> these people, people just need to know the proper terminology. Yes, but it, it's certainly been interesting, I suppose. Mm. Yes. So, um, uh, I just wait for my 
thing to reload again. Wi-Fi being very slow. Um, Technical just, difficulties, I'm, I'm please bear with. <laughs> I'm just trying uh, to recall what I've been uh, talking about. Um, you've been, oh, I haven't been ta- you've been talking, Oliver. Oh, yes, news to me. It's been a, a hoax. Um, oh, yes, a hoax, hoax bomb. Th- oh, yeah. hoax call to Williston, Williston School. Yeah. And it's a 12-year-old, so it, it did pose, I think, my, my first through my thought post of mine was 12-year-old. I thought it does seem to be it's a matter of they just thought maybe they were doing a joke and obviously online gaming has massively I'm going to be one of these uh, baby boomers who's always banging on about how online violence is causing real violence but I think it does ha- it does stray in a major point we do see kind of these new threats of violence of bomb threats becoming trivialised through kind of online gaming and through that interaction and that side of humans being increased, which is something quite dangerous in early age yeah. before they actually realise the implication of their actions. I imagine that the this boy's a resident on the Isle of Man. Oh, yeah, uh, they, they are, though, because they're, they're taking it for questioning. So, yeah, yes. and not only, not only that... Um, they won't be at that primary school. They might have gone there, but uh, they'll they, be in high yeah. school. So I'm just making some observations there, like I usually do. Unfortunately, um, we're not very we're not crime experts. Not enough has been released to have a full full comment on on that news story. Yeah. So, um, COVID. Um, I always get COVID in there, don't I? I like to get it in. <sighs> um, not again. <laughs> so Tim Wilds, um extended some COVID yes. measures and. COVID, so we'll just talk about COVID as the health minister is saying still present, uh, still presents a clear and present danger. Who knows where we're going to go this winter? You know, well, they driving, talk about the winter dri- spikes. All about driving still prevents a very clear and dangerous threat. We see uh, lots of things already pre- uh, flying, going in an aeroplane still uh, kind of conveys a very serious threat. We see crime still conveys a serious threat. The serious threat analogy has become, has become, I'd argue, more trivialised. As we're in Ireland, we have very, very high vaccination rates. We've not really had a death increase. Those that died is very unfortunate. In, a, in but Ireland? Again, just, just hit on on Ireland. Oh, I thought you meant uh, on Ireland. Ireland. I thought no, we're, we're not. Ireland. I'm not talking about Irish Irish uh, domestic policy. Um, so yeah, it is. I'd say not such a serious threat anymore. We already see the flu each year has the same impact now as I say COVID really has on Ireland. So we need no, to learn. There, there was no oh. flu on Ireland last year, Archie. Oh, not a single case of flu. Oh dear. That's Who, what that's oh. what Doctor Anson was saying. I that, sorry, that, that, I I I'll point that out as utterly ridiculous. You cannot say with certainty that there was not a single case of flu well, the last year. Well, he, he said there was hardly any flu. Maybe it was. Maybe I should turn that into not a single case, but there was hardly any flu. Yes, last but those year. who probably catch caught the flu probably also caught COVID. Yeah. So the differentiation between the two is not so clear. But again, we need to learn to live with it. We can't be saying, well, everything on our lives needs to revolve around COVID. We need to learn to live with this virus and kind of continue on our daily lives as we move back to the new normal, as they call it. Because we are vaccinated, we are already protecting the vulnerable. That has been done, it has been completed, it's been achieved. And we saw yesterday the ending, or today, sorry, the ending of furlough in the UK. And we're seeing more things return to normal, which is good to see, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. So that's sort of the roundup of, of, of this week's news. It's been quite a busy one. Uh, post, yeah. Well, it's nearly been a week. Yeah, it is a week since the election took place. So a lot of um, moving moving forward and, well, we'll see where it takes us. But it's been it's been an interesting uh, 
couple of weeks, uh, I do have to say. I mean, it's always interesting. Well, yes. Well, in the UK news, on the other hand, we've seen... Yeah. Well, in interesting international news, we obviously saw Greta Thunberg giving her blah, blah, blah speech, which I thought was quite powerful. We'll move on to that later. Uh, so we had Greta Thunberg with her uh, blah, 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 uh, which speech was, was rather good. We had then, obviously, Boris Johnson uh, addressing the UN, uh, which, again, was, again, interesting with all the world leaders addressing the UN in the past week to the General Assembly, uh, as they do get China on a yearly basis. And obviously we had the Labour Party conference and some quite interesting zingers thrown at the Tories by a certain Angela Rayner uh, in a um, fringe event. And obviously we had... Um, uh, who was it? Uh, off- Forgetting the name, he's so forgettable. Keir Starmer, we had his keynote speech and his first in-person speech to the Labour Party conference. And then we've obviously seen the fuel crisis uh, hit the UK, uh, which has been rather a strain on the economy. Obviously, we've seen uh, army drivers going to be drafted in in the coming days to just ease the pressure just in case, although the pressure is already easing. So I'll start with the first one there, the blah, blah, blah speech from uh, Greta Thunberg. Uh, it, well, it was quite a powerful... Did you manage to catch it, Oliver? Uh, I've watched a little clip, which was blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was great. Um, um, it was quite interesting. She's uh, she's quite... Uh... Yeah, it was at a youth, a youth climate solemn yeah. uh, in... Um, in what's it? Milan, sorry. So she's she, she giving an example. I'll quote her here. We must, uh, we can no longer let the people in power decide what hope is. Hope is not passive. Hope is not blah, blah, blah. Uh, we must find a smooth transition towards a low carbon economy. There's no planet B. And this was in uh, reference to a speech given by uh, Emmanuel Macron. Uh, there is no planet blah, 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 which I thought is quite, it's quite, it's quite key here. This is not about some expensive politically correct dream at the bunny hugging or blah 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 uh, build back better blah 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 green economy blah 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 net zero blah 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 climate neutral blah 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 this is all we hear from our so-called leaders words that sound great but so far has led to no action or hopes and dreams empty words and promises i thought i did agree with quite a lot what she's saying there we have seen kind of a lack of action in this regard what well, she was asking for more like a uh, how she what she wants from it is a different solution to what I seek but the same message is key there it is almost all these words are just rhetoric being spouted by the world leaders at this current time but we haven't actually seen any concrete policy it is blah 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 to, is, to be quite a flank it absolutely yeah. is so if you were a world leader right now, Archie, mm-hmm. what would you do? What would I do? Well, I'd start working immediately with business. I'd personally move forward our carbon neutrality date to 2035 because that immediately starts to set that ball in rolling. And then we'd have the you'd have the cabinet, you'd have the civil service. Uh, obviously, they'd draw up all the plans which weren't drawn up for 2035. They're drawn up 2050, and those can be adapted. We could see a massive increase in the green technology se- sector. We can look at encouraging the private sector to increase their investment and kind of encouraging the startups to move in the green technology sector. And then we could obviously see the mass increase of green uh, kind of technology in wind turbines, etc., being implemented. And that could be led from a government-led policy on kind of incentivizing public companies and private sorry private sector to go and do that on on tenders which would be i suppose very good and we can look at those market uh, based solutions for climate change which I, i'm so keen about um but even the ukpm said i think today the youth have every right to be angry this was at a uh, pre-cop 
meeting, uh, which Boris Johnson addressed vir- uh, virtually. From uh, he told climate activists in Milan about this, uh, and he. He did make a good statement here that we were paying the price for the reckless actions of their elders. Uh, Boris is renowned for his uh, exuberant language in that regard, mm-hmm. uh, which does make him interesting to listen to, I must say. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the mocking the climate promises on blah, blah, blah is very good. And we we already have the solutions here. We need to bring forward the rate that these solutions are implemented and the scientists already have the solutions which you can go and implement. The policy is already there. It just needs to be taken in initiative. It just needs and to be, be filled. It, yeah. it just needs to be put into place. It's just sitting there dormant and being waited to be implemented somewhere far in the distant future. But it needs to be brought forward to now, I'd say, is a key message there. Um, but then we saw, uh, obviously, uh, Boris's address to the UN. Did you manage to catch any of that? Sadly, one did not. Oh I no! To, I need to. I I I need to go look look back upon it, but um, I didn't manage to get any. I did hear that he made some. Re- oh no, I did. I heard he made some reference to was it Kermit the Frog? Yes, yeah. I can't remember exactly what that reference was, <laughs> but it, it was it was rather funny. He's he's oh again renowned for his exuberant uh, exuberant style stylistic features, uh, but he was saying he was talking a lot about uh, the kind of that we're nearing the adolescent phase of humans' uh, evolutionary lifespan. He was referring, he referred quite a lot to the November COP uh, Conference of Parties 26 UN Climate Conference, which is in November. Uh, and he's always, he did focus a lot on building back better, building with a green economy and looking at kind of putting climate change at the forefront, which was something that's quite, quite interesting to see. And hopefully he does actually take action behind the rhetoric. That's the most important part, taking action there. Uh, behind that rhetoric, uh, we saw the Labour conference. Not if you, not sure if you caught any of that. I was listening to last night as I was coming back from a brilliant performance of uh, Karima Burana. I can't pronounce the first one. It's something Latin, I think, uh, from uh, the Isle of Man Symphony Orchestra, done in conjunction with the Choral Society for the 50th anniversary. It was very good. Um, as coming back, I was listening to some of the analysis done on the 10 o'clock news on the Labour Party conference. They had Alistair Cam- Campbell, the former head of communications under Tony Blair on, and also uh, Owen Jones, a Guardian uh, columnist, which I'm sure mm. we've come across before. So one of the key points which was mentioned was obviously Angela Rayner's all Tories are like uh, Tories are just homophobic, racist, scum, uh, an Etonian, something else, gave me lots of derogatory language there. What did you think about that? Well, I thought it was um, interesting because uh, I think it was at uh, some point in 2019, I think, she said we need to look to a more kinder, polite mm, politics and, and move away from this sort of shouting from the sidelines. And, be, and being I, um, uh, kind of uh, insulting each other. Yeah, yes. and um, I was watching a, a video not too long ago and uh, it, it featured her on, on the front benches and it featured a uh, Conservative MP, I'm pretty sure. And uh, she used that word uh, in Parliament uh, as this Conservative MP, I think, was Mm. speaking. And she just said it sort of under her breath. And uh, the deputy speaker uh, took over and she was not happy Mm. at all, which clearly uh, is totally unparliamentary. Um, Mm. And she said, we will not hear words like that, especially from the front benches. So it shows Mm. that... um, idea that you know clearly it's not acceptable parliamentary language so clearly it's not acceptable p- 
political language. Uh, and the fact that, you know, she is the deputy leader of the Labour Party and herself has indicated that we need to look to a more kinder politics. I, I think uh, that that's not the, the way forward uh, at all, really. Uh, I thought it was completely... Uh, sort of not the right thing to say now we've heard uh, many people of the sort of left wing view that uh, they think that uh, we hear that they say or oh, we hear a lot about tories talking about uh, freedom of <laughs> sorry i'm also having a lot of chair problems at the same time I've been, archie's uh... archie's been having chair problems in the studio i then try to mimic a um, left-wing voice and uh, i i get archie's uh, sort of uh, grimace yes. <laughs> towards me but uh you know I, i'll carry on carry on carry on in that vein um we hear a lot of uh, People of the left wing view um, say, uh, "Oh, Tories banging on about free speech, free speech all the time," and they and uh, finally, when we say something that we think is uh, is is correct, um, they sh- they shut us. They're the first ones to shut us down. Um, so it's it's sort of that idea that you know, yes, of course, freedom of speech. I completely indeed, indeed. support that. But when it's uh, quite quite rude and offensive although people say well surely that's what free speech is i mean archie do you oh, want to come in here i'd say absolutely that is exactly what free speech is free speech freedom of speech is the freedom to the right to offend but i would say i would have no problem in general with your average joe blog saying it i would obviously disagree with them and i have challenged them on that view but they have absolutely every right to say it but when it's coming i'd say from a leader of a major deputy leader of a major party who's there to set an example for their members and is there calling out the year before for a kind of politics, then yes, I will criticise that use of language because they're at both being extremely hypocritical to what they've said and what they've called for in a more kinder, more uh, kind of compassionate politics. And they're not exactly setting the best example for if they were to become kind of deputy prime minister of the UK or even if they were to progress to leadership of the party, becoming prime minister of the UK, calling your other opponents scum. It's not exactly the best political move and nor is the politest thing to do at all almost courteous so i'd say that's on the front i challenge them i do find your left-wing impression very 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 amusing and it is obviously i'd say you'll get someone eventually come back saying not all left lefties sound like that yes may i Uh, just apologize in advance on that you know freedom of speech is the right to offend Um. oliver Yes, but I have been having some quite interesting uh, chair problems. My chair is trying to throw me forwards, and I'm not exactly sure how to fix it. I've tried and failed on that regard, uh, just like uh, the Labour Party has for the past three elections. But, obviously, we saw... um, Keir Starmer's keynote speech. If you you haven't caught any of that, although I'm not quite sure. But he did, definitely, he was, he's kind of banging on uh, a lot about Blairite policy. Blair, Blair, Blair. Blair, Blair, Blair. (laughs) Yes, not the blah, blah, blah. It's the Blair, Blair, Blair. (laughs) The education, 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 as he kept on saying. Um, That was a great, great reference there, Oliver, I must say. I do commend it. (laughs) Uh, but yes, the Blair, Blair, Blair speech, uh, it was all banging on about kind of Blair and how we returned to the previous time we were in government. Look at what we're doing, levelling up. This is what the Tories should be doing. Um, but then you look at it, he was saying all about these low employment, etc, etc, etc. But you can point to this time, well, no, there's lower unemployment, there's uh, more people in work, there's a lot more benefits, and it's not necessarily directly comparable, so we can't compare that. 
But then we also saw uh, him talk about he. Well, you mentioned in he he actually mentioned in a, a interview uh, a couple of days before that he was not care. He didn't care if we divo- if he divided the party. It was more about winning the election. But he is almost putting the party at a very big divide. Yeah. Because he is almost he is almost alienated the left wing socialist aspect of the party in favour of his more centrist approach. Which, when you're leading a party that is majority socialist now, is not necessarily the best way forwards no. of encouraging your party members. And he's not there to inspire. He got a lot of heckles, which is hardly surprising in that regard. Um, but interestingly, something... Oh, what was it? I was watching something else on Twitter of a young Labour Party member addressed a conference. And he addressed them all as comrades. They were, go- they were very socialist. He was calling out all of these... Like, Tory- he's the same vein as Angela Rayner in different words, really. Uh, and it was all about we need a socialist green new deal. His three deal is he's like saying we need an upheaval revolution. Is quite uh, condescending and aggressive, yeah, I'd aggressive, say. Yeah. Like, uh, but it, did, it didn't. It the, the part the part which is the, the juxtaposition is it's not like he's a uh, esteemed or kind of really well respected general in a communist nation or like USSR general, a Chinese general, a North Korean general, a leader or head person. He's he's a, he's a nineteen-year-old person. Oh, I, I can't assume gender nowadays, so I have to say person for that regard. Um, uh, basically, saying com- he's, he's addressing like comrade is not. I wouldn't say the language is necessarily fitting to the society we live in. It's reading the room and seeing. Yes, you may. It's not going to inspire those, especially to my political persuasion or your average Joe Bloggs in the UK does not want to be called a comrade. Uh, so yes, yeah, so, so we saw we saw a similar vein in John Burko, the person who uh, was paid to endorse James Ter- Cherry uh, on uh, <laughs> uh, John Burko to Labour conference because obviously he moved parties, saying comrades. So it's an interesting how they're using this very much communist term terminology. What do, what do you think on that regard? I think it's interesting. Um, I suppose it's the you diplomatic know, response. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but the way in which you uh, address people and engage them is is an interesting way. And the way you know these party conferences are really key, aren't they? Because um, you know it, it's a, it's a way in which you can sort of fuel fuel the people that are they're going to be your members. And yeah, no, I, I'm not entirely sure. Really? Uh, well, g- give it, give it a watch. I, re- I recommend. It was quite entertaining. I can send you. I'll send you the tweet later. Excellent. Uh, and obviously, we had then the fuel crisis in the UK, uh, where they had a five. Everyone bi- think. Everyone <coughs> thinks it's the fuel. It's, it's not. not it's, the not, fuel, it's not fuel. It's the drivers. It's, no, it's basically. Every, uh, then, well, I start off from the beginning of the story. Yeah. So there was a few petrol stations closed due to a driver shortage, and they were going to go back open. They just ran out of fuel. Then the papers sparked, saying, we don't need to panic. We don't need to panic. There's plenty of fuel. No need to panic by. Basically, panic makes people <clears throat> panic. <laughs> basically, it's, uh, to phrase how they phrased it, no need to panic by. <laughs> basically, <laughs> was, was the phrase. Uh, so, you know this on the Isle of Man for, with the COVID. I mean, exactly, even in everywhere. the UK with toilet roll. It's happened. They say, don't panic. Don't. Don't. Panic buy is basically the phrase they give. So then we saw a 500% increase in sales on four courts at the weekend and massive, massive queues outside these four courts. So it's kind of, it was a self-created crisis, really. Yeah. 
So I managed to get fuel fine yesterday because I'm an old man. We're not affected because yeah. we haven't had our papers and our news. Max Radio saying, "Don't panic, buy." So yes, it's been it's been it's been rather peaceful over here, but it's been quite some shocking scenes in the UK in regards to the fuel. And that any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean it's concerning, really. Um, obviously, you had the whole thing with Brexit. I remember someone saying to me, "Yes, my mother." She's filled her shed with tinned uh, cans <laughs> and and things that won't go out of date very easily because she's, she was so worried about what Brexit might bring and people thought Brexit would be the end of everything. And it's, it's um, not, be, it's not, it's been, not been the end of everything. Mm. Um, but yeah, these events is a bit like COVID. You know, people were stockpiling and, you know, making sure that they had enough of everything, um, which is quite concerning. Yes, indeed. That well, people don't, mm. you know... They don't, they don't I mean, think living on an yeah. island everyone goes oh yeah but we, we you know we can we can we've got our own bakery we've got our own you know uh flour we mills, don't have our food, own um, fuel supply but the thing is we don't have you know most things which packaging to, yeah. where are we going to get our packaging from nowhere over here does you know so it's great that we've mm. got um for example gelling's Indeed. eggs it's great that we've got no bakehouse and you know laxi flour mill and all these other uh, great establishments, any other establishments on the Isle of Man that do a very similar thing uh, mm. are available. Um, but, you know, where's our packaging? Where are we going to be able to do this? If we can't get that from the UK, you know, we're a bit sort of screwed. <coughs> China. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? With, with, with the Belt and Road Initiative, I'm sure we'll be seeing some encroachments but, in the not-so-distant future. But it is concerning these sort of types of events that happen and, and panic buying. It's that sort of, you know, people are greedy these days. Yes. People are, mm. you know, don't don't think for others. And you see, think what, that... what, what I suggest is just panic buy all the time, and then it's not panic buying, it's normal buying. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect solution there. Oh, <laughs> not that's that hilarious. I condone that, that sort of behaviour. Uh, but yeah, that kind of wraps up the news from this week. Yeah, it's, it's been, been an interesting, interesting one. Uh, uh, it's uh, always interesting. Uh, but... I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave you to correct the record that you uh, got. You got you got called a Tory, uh, apparently, <laughs> uh, which I found quite entertaining when uh, you declared I've... yourself as not a Tory. I have to explain to people. Yes. On the political compass test, I identify as a social libertarian, and I've completed that test twice, and I've pretty much ended up in very similar positions, which is just centre mm. of, uh, of of the middle. Centre, sorry, just, just uh, left of the middle. Um, you know... Which is fair enough. Sometimes, yes, you know, fair. sometimes my views are sort of right wing. Sometimes that's, that's my views are left wing. Yeah. Center, so exactly. there we go. Yeah. Um, but I've had a few. Yeah, I've I had a few comments, and uh, I heard on the Great Vine you're a Tory. Uh, I have moved to a new school, by the way. So uh, I mean, I used to get it called uh, uh, my last school. I remember in my RE class, uh, I said that capital punishment would be a great thing for uh, some of the, you know, the most uh, encouraging that now <laughs> of, of of the most horrific crimes. Uh, do you agree on that, Archie? I'll give no comment to that. <laughs> um, is um, yeah, and uh, I, you know, if someone How committed, very Tory if, of you, if someone committed, if someone committed an awful crime, uh, anyway, my beliefs might have changed since then. Mm. That was my belief as of uh, a while ago. Um, you know, your beliefs can change. You know, indeed, someone could yes. be a Tory to yesterday. Some days, you know, you've got the likes of John Burkow. Um, yeah, uh, yes. Anyway, mm. so moving on to that, someone just went, you're a Tory. Uh, and, and Typical left wing impression there. So, so at my new school, someone turns around to me and goes, uh, God, you look like a Tory. And I say, what? Yeah. Um, and I, I actually feel quite complimented sometimes <laughs> when people say that. It is usually quite... means you're well-dressed exactly. and well-presented. Uh, uh, because people have this connotation, yes. which is, you know, you dress smart, you look like a Tory. Exactly. You know? it's, 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 it's the true... 
It's the highest form of compliment, honestly. And I've had a lot of use, uh, and I've had a lot of, uh, you're very posh, you know. <laughs> and I go, oh, do I? Yes. I, I, I just I say, say, no, I'm well-spoken. I, I, I don't say I'm quite posh funny. or well-spoken. I, I, I get that. Oh, oh you're so Tory. Then I, I can't actually go you and say, no, I'm not. I, have, I actually have to say, yes, I am. Yeah, but uh, I do it's wonder, it's wonder how a, they assume. Yes, I do identify as, as pretty, I'd say, a, a centrist. Yeah. A centrist. So, yeah. yeah. Well, our two former members of the podcast, uh, Sam and Brescia, would murder you for saying that so you know yeah so we're not exactly murder but i'm it's, that it's, little it's, bit closer it's, to being left wing it's, it's, it's in the figurative sense of murder to avoid a libel suit uh but yes they would they would they would they they, they very much dislike centrists for some reason which i really don't understand but that does conclude uh this week's wonderful a uh, wonderful podcast it's politibabble so yeah goodbye everyone you've been politibabble we do hope you've enjoyed and as usual, you can find our wonderful election special from last week talking about through all of the candidates in all of the constituencies and many more electoral issues on maxradio.com forward slash politibabble forward slash... No, sorry, no. maxradio.com forward slash podcasts forward slash politibabble. That is maxradio.com forward slash podcasts forward slash politibabble. As usual, you can write into us, message us, or tweet us on all social media at at Politibabble. That's uh, P O. I can't spell. P O L I T I B A B B L E. Exactly. At Politibabble. Or email us at, at Politibabble at gmail.com. You've been Politibabble. Again. <laughs> <laughs>